Welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. I'm Chris Porter, owner of Yes Fitness, best-selling author of Get Stronger, Live Longer. And today, Tuesday, beautiful day out, nice afternoon, and we have a special guest with us, a friend of mine, a colleague, Jordan Rudolph. Jordan, thanks for coming on board with us today. I appreciate you having me on the show, Porter. I'm glad I, returned, I could return the favor. Yeah, Jordan has had me on his uh, broadcast, his podcast three times, maybe four times. I forget now. Talking about longevity. And, you know, I really appreciate him allowing me to spread my my word, my my visions. And uh, Jordan is going to spread some of his vision with us today. So before I get into introducing Jordan and all that kind of stuff, um, one reason why I have Jordan on today. Well, let me introduce him first. Let me give you a little bit of background. Let me know who, who this guy is and why I would have him on, on our broadcast today. So Jordan is the owner of Unity Fitness in La Crosse, Wisconsin. He was recently chosen as the 2020 Business Owner of the Year. If you guys remember, I was 2019 Business Owner of the Year. And Jordan grasped my title right away from me. Uh, congratulations on that, Jordan. You guys did an awesome Thanks, job Jeff. last year, and uh, you know I'm coming after you this year. I'm coming after you with a presentation like never before. Anyway, Jordan originally went to school. To... What's that? You always have to go up to the champs. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going. I'm coming after you, man. I'm coming after you. So I've been thinking about it since the day I lost. <laughs> anyway, Jordan originally went to school with a focus of biomechanics which resulted in a physics degree with a biomechanical concentration. The biomechanist slash PT route never really panned out. That's because he fell in love with the frontline feeling that you get being a personal trainer and a fitness coach. There's no feeling like it when you're on the frontline working with people. I know that I've been doing it for quite some time now. He is a Titleist Performance Institute fitness and power to certified coach. Titleist has to do with golf, if you don't know. And um, he's a National Academy of Sports Medicine golf fitness specialist, as well as a precision nutrition to master coach. He's been a trainer for nine years now. He's been his own business owner since July of 2015. So let's see, five years now, right? A little over five years. Coming up. Congratulations. Up. That's yep. nice. He always had a passion for golf and sports, but he never liked anything about being in the gym growing up he would rather be outside doing the playing right it's much more fun to be playing than being in the gym but so recovering from injury after injury is what led him back to the weakest link strength and thus becoming the coach that he is today so why would i have jordan on my podcast since he is a golf specialist obviously he's got some great certifications with golf is a huge emphasis he has a huge clientele with golf he is um golf expert as far as I know in coaching. I don't know anyone else that does what he does and how well he does it. But the reason why I brought him on, you may have noticed in the beginning when I um, introduced today's broadcast that it's now called the, no longer called the longevity podcast. It's now the functional longevity podcast. And why that is, is our emphasis is on being able to improve, improve health span. You can listen to all kinds of broadcasts and, and podcasts and read about how you can live longer. There's all kinds of different things that you can do. A lot of the things that I do bring to you, right? But I also want to be able to take that information and, and break it down and be able to give it to you so that we can enjoy the extra years that we have, because we don't want to just sit on our butts in a wheelchair, right? 
We don't want to just sit, click with the clicker all day long because great, we live to a hundred, but the last 15 years of our life, we've been sitting on our butts doing nothing. So my goal has always been, my focus has been to help people to enjoy those extra years. And what better way to enjoy those extra years than be able to play golf? How many people retire, move south and play golf? How many people stay north and play golf all year round? They go indoors and play golf. So I thought it'd be great to have Jordan come on board today, give us his focus and his ideas on what it takes to really have a, a strong exercise program and um, to be able to perform better in golf. So thanks for coming on board today, Jordan. Yeah, thanks again, Chris. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy to return the favor, but also just uh, a flat out big fan of the show. And uh, I, I've watched and listened to bunches of episodes when I'm in the car, at home, making breakfast, everything else. So um, I'm just happy to be on here and doing it with you. I think you just made a super point right there, whether you're listening to my stuff or not. The people that have true passion in what they do it are the people that when they're making breakfast, they're listening to information. They're always trying to learn. We're in our car. We're listening to information. We're not sitting at home at night flipping through Netflix, right? We're constantly trying to absorb and better ourselves within the industry. A point that I made yesterday was, you know, Tom Brady isn't doing what he did 10 years ago. He's not doing what he did five years ago. He's taking today's, today's science and being able to play at 43. LeBron James doing the same thing. These guys playing tennis are doing the same things. Um, it, the, the athlete today is at such an advantage over what it was years ago. So we should be learning. We should be doing that. And, you know, you're doing it all the time. You're always learning about the industry. 100%, 100%. And those guys spend, you know, over a million dollars a year, Brady and James, over a million dollars a year on their body, right? They have coaches you know, for specific needs and, and chefs that come with them, trainers that come with them and, and travel with them. And obviously they have a team one, but they hire their own personal ones to do that stuff with them too. And, and like you said, you know, we're, we're, there, there's some cutting edge stuff, some stuff that we're just learning now that uh, is more effective and up to speed rather than kind of like trying to be new, trying to kind of do what's yeah. old, we're, we're doing what works. And, and that's what athletes are right now. So we always start a fitness program off with some kind of screening, some kind of assessment, an assessment like an FMS. We do an FMS. I know you do an FMS as well. Functional moving screen. It's a screen that just allows us to be able to see how well you're moving and how you're functioning. So why is the screening and assessment so important to golf? And is a TPI level one screen required for golf fitness? Good questions. Um, I'll start with the with the second question for the latter question first. So a TPI one screen is not required for golf fitness, but we use it. And just like we use the FMS for a second uh, reason, but we, we use it so that we don't have to guess when we write somebody's program. We want to know exactly what we should be focusing on, kind of double down on those needs to help that athlete or that player uh, have the program that works best for them rather than just kind of putting stuff together that we know could help and could work. We want to really kind of make sure that we're not guessing and we're, we're doing what actual uh, science and, and player specific needs are. And if we think about it like in a, a movement period, if you will, you know, we kind of start with, you know, mobility, motor control, strength and, and power, endurance and strength and power. We kind of move up that way. From a screening standpoint, we view the FMS at the bottom of that pyramid and we're screening for pain. Like if you do any of these movements, is it painful? You know, we're not necessarily assessing the person all the way through that, but as a, as a screener, if you do a bunch of them, you can kind of see some things out of that. 
Um, but we want to make sure that's done first. If there's any pain, we refer out to a medical provider. Um, otherwise, if that person kind of screens through that without pain, then we can introduce the TPI Golf Fitness Level 1 or TPI Level 1 screen. And then we can also do a screen for strength through TPI and a screen for power if we deem it necessary for the person. But if we dial it back from a movement standpoint, you know, a lot of the stuff that we achieve from functional movements, uh, functional movement screen um, will help the athlete. And then the TPI level one screen gets us more specific yet because we can assess a little bit more. Um, and if we think about like mobility and stability, that motor control at the bottom of the overall movement pyramid, and then having strength being the base of all power, we can get a lot done with just working on some movement through mobility and motor control and stability and then strength training. Like we don't need to make it look like a golf specific thing to get somebody results off world. Would you say that if one of my clients knew or found a TPI level one pro certified pro and they were able to do a screen with that pro that they would be able to come back and I would be able to work with that pro a little bit, similar to what we do with our physical therapist. We're not physical therapists, but we work closely with our physical therapist. One has that type of, you know, some kind of injury they were trying to work on. You think you can have that same type of relationship with a TPI um, level one or a TPI certified pro? Yeah, 100%. And, and the, the, the great thing about TPI and I think one of the best things that they've ever done as an organization is that no matter what type of professional you are in the field, if you work more with juniors, if you work more with pros, if you're more of the medical, if you're more of a swing coach, if you're more of a fitness coach, everybody, every realm that you can kind of branch off into through TPI's certifications and, and, and continuing education, everybody goes to the same level one screen. So all the medical all the swing coach guys, all the athletic trainers, they all know the movement screen that fitness coach can do. And we all know what the swing coach is gonna look for and how to do what they're looking for in a swing, right? We can, I, I can do that stuff, right? Even though I'd rather have that go to the medical guy. And then I know what the, or, or sorry, the swing coach guy, and I know what the medical guy will do if I send them over there, but the medical guy knows what I did. More importantly, that gives us all the same language. So we're speaking a little bit more golf language, but universal language through and through the nomenclature, the terminologies, the same with all of us. So that makes it a lot easier to communicate for your team that you're building. Um, so in terms of what you're asking me there, yes, you, like in theory, like if you sent somebody to a TPI swing coach, um, who's TPI level one certified, they should be able to take that, that client of yours, that member of yours, and take them through the 16 point TPI level one movement screen, and then give you the results back. And then you should be able to look at that and see what they, they did, did well on or didn't do well on, and then administer a program based on that for their golf swing specifically. Now you're, you're uh, a two though, you're a two coach. What makes you different than a one coach? Where, where's that difference there? The level yeah, level one is where everybody goes through. And the, and the full emphasis of level one is to show the initial screen, the initial swing characteristics and how to do them. And then everybody get in the same language. We, everybody wants to kind of start with the same base language so that we all communicate. Um, fitness level two is specifically towards strength training. It's a little bit more progressive and advanced towards uh, things that you can do with an athlete that's really pursuing the fitness side of golf. Um, and then we can do different screens and assessments prior to that very golf specific. Um, we have a little bit more of like a strength standard approach, what we can do in that end. 
The power side of things is working like on uh, the swing speed of the golf thing itself, of the golf swing itself, but also uh, working a little bit more on uh, certain power movements in a gym that, that a coach can, can then double down on as well. So there, there's, there's kind of two branches. I wanted both to really help put together because I wanted to create that environment for our golfers here, our athletes here, and, uh, and really go through that. But each one has its own screen. Each one has its own fist. Um, but some, there's some power two coaches that aren't fitness coaches, right? There's not strength conditions. They're just, they're just swing coaches that wanted to learn more about power. Like I have a lot of knowledge now about a swing coach's side of things, but that just only a helped my love for golf B helped me communicate at an even another level for, uh, for our swing coach that we work with here at the gym. It gives you more tools in your tool bag. It just gives you more 100%. knowledge to be able to help, help the client. So we're, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, people shut down, people working out from home, doing a lot of online stuff. Are you able to do screens virtually? We are to an extent. I, I, I can't say for sure that I, I it's not a TPI based screen or it's not a TPI screen that I can do virtually. I basically came up with my own program. If there's anybody that I want to check on things. Um, to help them with some movement stuff that I think I think still covers the main points uh, okay. of the TPI screen and the functional movement screen. Interesting, interesting. Because we, we, we've all moved to virtual, right? We got to be able to do stuff online because we have so many people that aren't coming. Yeah, in. we've got the whole assessment, the whole assessment up on a YouTube uh, link. If somebody joins us virtually and we don't get a chance to see them, I'll send them that link and I'll say, complete this eight-minute assessment. Let me know if there's any pain during any of these movements or where you found restriction. Even better is if you can take little videos and send them back to me. Um, but I'm more so looking at pain or can you, you know, we're giving them self checks, right? So one of them is like if you stand against the wall, you know, if I stood on my left side against the wall, can you turn your hips into that wall? And if it's a, if it's a no, then I know right away hip internal rotation is mm -hmm. lacking, right? And then I'm a golfer, that's significant for performance, but also for avoiding injury more specifically to the low back. We're going to talk about power in a minute, but before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about mobility. Mobility is like a hot topic, you know, to be able to improve in performance and just general well-being to be able to move better, have more, better mobility. So my clients are always hearing about mobility, whether it's on a podcast or television, social media. And when I talk to them, they have some kind of, there seems to be some confusion about it. So I don't, you know, there's people out there watching this that I don't talk to. Um, so I thought if you could define what mobility is to help between, and what's the difference between mobility and flexibility, and then is one more important than the other, and how does this affect the quality of someone's golf game? Yeah, so mobility is obviously a major part of the golf game. It's, you know, we want, we want the golfer to be supple. We want the golfer to be able to be fluid and mobile. And when we talk about the terms, like a lot of times you, you, you can pull golfers or ask what golfers want. And I'm in a couple, you know, the private Facebook groups that I can kind of be on there and, and see what everyone else is doing and what I can help with. But, hey, guys, what's the one thing you can get most out of the golf swing right now that a fitness coach would help you with? And a lot of them say flexibility, 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 flexibility. They're not wrong, but there's two different things that, that we're talking about here, flexibility and mobility. So mobility is what your body's capable of um basically through a joint perspective and what you can do through um range of motion 
uh, without base, basically with with assistance or what we would call passive, right? Are your joints moving correctly in that range? Do you need to have them create any assistance or anything with it? Flexibility is essentially what you have control over, right? So if you can, if you can, um, you know, I can't just touch my heel to my butt cheek here, right? But if I grabbed my hand through there, I can get there. So I have decent mobility. My flexibility in my quads is probably a little shy. Mm -hmm. And, and so in a golf swing, if someone can, can rotate well, but they just can't get to a golf swing well, they might not be able to control their mobility. And so it might be more of a stability issue. Um, essentially we, if we can't control our mobility into the golf swing, we're going to develop compensation towards that. So having yeah. good flexibility, the, 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 the control over that range of motion that you, that you have present in your body is more important to avoid injury and also create a higher efficiency swing, which is what ultimately everyone's after. They'll say, I want to hit it farther. I want to not miss shots. I want to hit it better. I want to feel the, you know, all that stuff, better ball striking, but that just more, more so means at the end of the day, an efficient swing. And, uh, and to do that, there is a proper mobility uh, piece to that, but more, more specifically that control of that mobility, which is what we would call flexibility. Would you say that the person that doesn't necessarily want to go out and, you know, pay to improve their golf game through fitness, through someone like myself, would the general mobility and flexibility stuff that we do, you know, that we emphasize ankle, hip, you know, thoracic mobility and always working on flexibility in a general program, will that improve someone's golf game, if they're doing those types of things, more than just stretching their hamstrings? 100% it will. And there's, there's no question, right? And, and, you know, some of the stuff you go through TPI and then they, and you go through like these screens and they give you some exercises to do for those specific movements, right? For the, for, to get more mobility. And you're like, we've been right. doing these for five, six, seven, 10 years, right? Exactly. Exactly. So without, without question, Hips and hips and thoracic spine are the number ones, right? But ankle mobility is coming into play a lot more because if you don't have good ankle mobility, you're going to come off your heel and you're basically going to lose your posture. If you lose your posture in a golf swing, I mean, good luck, right? It's 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 right. it's kind of like what I mean, hitting the ball and staying and staying consistent. So, um, 100%, you don't need to do golf specific stretches, or anything like that, to uh, to create it and, and just stretching. You know, we always, we always ask the person, if your hamstrings, they'll say like, oh, my hamstrings are tight. Why do you think your hamstrings are tight? You know, it might be the last line of defense that the body has. Make sure that your low back doesn't just completely cave out and give in on you, right? Like you give out on you. And uh, so they might be tight for a reason and it's for protection. There's nothing else in your body left to help your low back because your core is shut off, your glutes aren't working. So the hamstrings are your last line of defense. Like that's not a good sign and stretching them won't help that but controlling the pelvis will, getting more hip mobility will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, 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 if the hamstrings are the last line of defense, you're finding yourself in a physical therapist soon because you're going to do something that you don't, you're going to hurt yourself for sure, for definitely sure. I know there's, a, you know, I have clients who play golf, obviously, and it always, it's always amazes them that from the fall to the spring, how much better they play, and, it, and it's all these little things. It's, it's not just because we got stronger. It's because we've improved your flexibility and your mobility. So that leads, we talked about, you brought up power before. Power is important for every sports performance, right? I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. So if you could just define for us what power is 
in how does power transfer to golf? Like what are some power exercises that someone could do to improve their golf game? Yeah, so power, like in a general standpoint, is basically how quickly you can move a certain amount of weight, right? And, and, and um, it, it, in terms of the golf swing, golf is a rotational sport. So it becomes a little bit more angular. And, and there's different types of forces that come into play with that. So what comes into play now is that rotational aspect, which now range of motion is a big part of it, ground reaction forces and everything else. If we want to get like really nerded out behind it, mm -hmm. it's basically how much angular force, momentum and, and, and range can you create and how much torque within that range can you create. Because there's professional golfers, if you think about a John Rahm, who's number two in the world right now, he'll stop at about three quarters of his backswing, but he can hit as far as anybody can because he generates a tremendous amount of torque. Then there's other guys who will have the club head come all the way down the other side and be able to snap that back around and create a ton of lag. And they're doing that through extra range of motion who can also hit just as far, if not farther. So there's different ways we can create power. Um, exercise wise, there's four main power groups for golf specific stuff and it's vertical jumping. Uh, there's rotary chop, rotary power. There is arm chopping power or chopping powder, pow, power. And um, um, blanking another one at the moment, uh, wrist release, wrist release power. Okay. So exercises that kind of fit those, right, can, can go through that. I never, I never thought about, I, I never thought about, you know, the four different areas of power that goes into a golf swing. You know, I, I never thought about that. And that's especially because it's risk. a three-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just because we're, it's a 3D sport, right? It's a rotation. So if we think about movement, there's sagittal plane, the frontal plane, but then there's the transverse plane. Yep. And when we introduce that, we you know, we're all three planes of mo movement involved in the swing. So it kind of brings in all the other ones. I think a lot of people don't understand the wrist release and the, um, the vertical jump power that's involved with the golf swing they realize how much like the best golfers in the world generate force from the floor from the ground right. to produce into the swing and, and they're so good at that you see the force plates and they put tremendous amount of force into the ground when they when they come into impact and um and the wrist release you know there's a there's a there's a whole you know you essentially some of the best players in the world create the most lag with wrists so if we think there's a little lag from your pelvis to your to your body a little bit of lag from your um, body to the hands and a little bit of lag from the hands of the wrists uh, most of that is created from the hands of the wrist to the club and the club just becomes another extension of your arm the more lag we can create through those pieces the more power you'll have and the usually the most that people have is from the hands or the wrist to the to the club uh, so the wrists are huge so just doing like a like a plyo push-up we had that little wrist release or a medicine ball chest throw. Those wrist release movements are really beneficial for uh, producing kind of hand uh, that lag that we get from our hands and wrists. So we got we got some med ball tosses going here. Um, you talked a little bit about lower body power. So we have, you know, typical stuff we do for lower body power it might be squat jump or something like that. Or, I mean, we don't personally do a whole lot of Olympic lifting here because of the clientele, the age group that we work here. But what what could they do for some of the rotational stuff? Uh, there was a fourth or the chop type stuff. Do you do med ball chop throws, things like that? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so exactly the stuff that you said, this is where 
you know, not all of these exercises will look, not all of these exercises will look like a golf swing, right? The rotary right. power exercise certainly, certainly could. Um, but most of these exercises that we're referring to won't look like a swing. So for example, like the vertical, the vertical jump power, just working on hip and squat strength mm -hmm. will create more power for us in that category. And then, um, like you said, weightlifting is a big part of that, but do we really need to do that? Probably not. So if we can look into like box jumps or depth mm -hmm. jumps, or even into a little bit more of like a kettlebell swing or skipping, some sort of skipping or high knee, that gets enough of that vertical power there. Right. Uh, when we're thinking about when we're thinking about rotary power, that's where we can swing things. So there's there's like the tornado balls and stuff like that out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but any type of like pushing and pulling exercise, especially if you do a single arm, right? Mm -hmm. So if we do single arm pushing and pulls, we're creating a rotational rotary effect in our body. And then any type of like throwing drills or uh, this is where med ball side tosses. Um, the rip trainer is a big thing that we use a lot for all that lateral stuff, um, yeah. rotational resistance, something like that. The, uh, let's see, what do we have left? We've got chop and wrist release, I think. So mm -hmm. chopping power, it's, it's the chops and the lifts, right? All the diagonal stuff that we do in the core and, and beyond. Um, and throwing are still ones that we, we, we can mess around with a little bit from in terms of a power standpoint, uh, doing overhead medicine ball slams, uh, behind the back slams, uh, behind the body tosses, uh, sit up throws. I think I saw a video just of that. I just did a video of that the other day. And then the wrist release power. And again, back to that upper body, any push or pull we do will help strengthen the wrist. Any grip strength is major. The, the best golfers in the world have the best grip strength out of, you know, anybody tested. Um, playing sports like tennis and badminton and ping pong will help out with that. Doing those explosive push-ups, the medicine ball chest throws. And any type of like backhand, uh, you know, if we're thinking about sports wise, any type of like backhand movements right. that we can create will, will generate power that way. You know, powers, you know, we lose power as we age is probably the most important part of the strength program that gets just kind of forgotten about as we age. You know, we're all just thinking about moving slow and controlling things like that. And it's really power is what it takes to be able to body be able to react and move quickly and be able to catch itself it's going to fall it's really fall prevention breaks down to having power so it's funny all the things that you just described that you're doing for golf we do in here all the time we do it all the time because it's so important not for the emphasis of playing golf but for the emphasis of being able to live longer and be able to function better and to be able to not fall down and be able to get up off the ground if we were to fall so it's, it's interesting how things just cross over sometimes not necessarily specific to golf yeah and, and i think that's the funniest thing about even like super specificity to any sport but if you look at golf like automatically you think it's got to look like it has to be rotational right. when at the end of the day like there's stuff that we're doing with our with our general population clients that like to just golf in their free time that the best athletes in the world are doing just to try and generate power to get five more yards out of their drive right it's the same stuff like you just said it crosses over a ton mm -hmm. So let's, we know that power is important and strength is important. So what would, um, let's talk a little bit about strength. Like what, what would you see in a well-designed strength program for golf? Think, knowing that the person doesn't have any, you know, they're, off, they're okay, they're FMS 
came out well. They didn't have any injuries or anything like that. What would like a, a, a power or not power strength program look like for a golf enthusiast? Yeah, so I think the uh, sorry, I'm in the I'm in the gym and someone's working on their power right now, as you can probably you hear go. in the background. Nice, with those. nice. I like that. I like yeah. it. Right on cue. Right on cue. Right um, I, I when when we design our programs for for our golfers here, uh, there's there's obviously there's a few kind of like variables and parameters that we want to hit, but when we talk about strength specific. Um, I love to work on the lats and have the lats involved. So any type of pulling or rowing or deadlifting uh, exercises that we can create tension um, seems to help the golfers more. And if we think about like engaging the lats, then we know the core is stronger. And that kind of brings me to the core topic of we want to create a stronger core because that'll be able to help transfer force better and keep the spine more safe like there's a lot of torque that gets put on the spine a lot of tension that can be put in the spine and golf swing especially if you're not swinging correctly so the stronger core we have the longer we are in, in, from from playing the sport like we create more longevity within the sport and we can generate more force and speed so core um any type of like lat exercise pulling or rowing and then i love to do single arm uh and single leg like those, like we can get some big stuff done with with some strength work and bilateral work with you know squats and deadlifts, something like that. But anything single arm and single leg, because the single arm, kind of like for the rotary aspect that we talked about before, but it's almost the base of you know chops, rotary power, um, uh, and then the and then the wrist release, right? So if we go single arm, we can create a bunch of that there. Uh, we can create stronger shoulders. And then single leg stuff, we just get the hips and the knees working together and that transfers better to the sport than, than the bilateral stuff does. We've seen it with our golfers here. TPI will tell you the same thing. Like it's good to do heavy stuff here in time to, to develop like the, the overall thing they need a little bit more power, but the single leg and single arm stuff is, is really good for just the joint integrity of the sport itself. I'm, I'm a believer that the body's really designed to do a lot of unilateral work that we works unilaterally. I mean, very few sports are really played bilateral. So, you know, we do a lot of unilateral stuff anyway, just because that's what, that's what I believe in. You know, let's just think, I think that's the way the body's designed to work unilaterally. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and I've always been biased to that. Yeah. I just confirmed it. Like just said, like, yeah, we see the best stuff transfer out of this. So, yeah. With strength and power out of the way, let's take a little about aerobic capacity. So what part does aerobic capacity have to do with golf? And if you are looking at uh, improving your aerobic capacity for golf, what would a program look like? What kind of intensity, heart rates? Do you do heart rate? You know, what, kind, how, what would that look like? Yeah, so the biggest thing for aerobic capacity of, of golfers is we want to know roughly during the week how many, how many rounds are they playing? How, 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 many, how many swings are they taking in the week? And some guys just want to go play once or twice. Some guys play three or four times. Some guys try to play, you know, three or four, but also hit two or three range sessions. So we want to know uh, basically where can we create that aerobic capacity or endurance is what golfers will, will say a lot of times for what they're searching for. And there's, there's two different ways that, that I look at that. One, are you able to play the golf that you want to be able to play all week long and play it at the level that you want to play at? or are you feeling like more fatigued as the week goes along or as the rounds go along and then second within those rounds are you able to hit the ball as far and play as well on holes 14 15 16 17 and 18 as you were on the first 12 13 14 holes or are you getting tired out 
So, uh, you know, if a guy walks or rides, that comes into play too, but an average round of golf, nine holes is, is about two hours. So 18 holes is four. Walking might be four and a half to five. So we're making sure that that, that, that person can kind of sustain that, right? So um, getting in the training stuff, we don't do a lot with heart rate with the golfers at the moment, but we are including a little bit of aerobic work through uh, some endurance-based, maybe metabolic resistance training uh, towards the end of their workout. So I like to think, let's put a lot of that towards the end when the golfer is tired, when the athlete, when the player is tired in here, they went through their core, they went through their strength, they did multiple rounds or sets of those. And now it's kind of like the last thing on the straw, let's tackle the thing that, you know, when you're tired, let's work on that. So let's work on a little bit of uh, interval training. Then. Let's work on your grip strength then with carries. Uh, let's work on a little bit of core strength and put some core stuff there at the end. So I purposely will program that stuff towards the end when they're most tired so that when they get to the golf round, their, their body's already been through it. They, they, can, they can go through it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Typically, um, typically a golf round, the heart, rate, the heart rate will look like this a lot, right? Their, their heart rate's not really here in level. A lot of times the right. heart rate just bounces, but it doesn't ever get super, super high. Um, but there's very sporadic in, in a range there. So if we can kind of train with that, right? If we're thinking about that, that 60, 70%, that's usually where we can get a lot of the results that we're doing out there. Nice. Well, well thought out, you know, to figure out where they're, if they're getting tired, how much golf they're trying to play and then, you know, build your program based off of that. No, it's, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I want to, yeah, I want to know what they're feeling, right? Are they, are they telling me when they get to hold 15, they feel like they have no power left? Are they telling me that when their low back starts to get a little tired? So is it a core issue, right? Do they just feel like they've got no gas left in the tank at all? So is it just complete aerobic? And whatever they're telling me, then I'll plug that into their program. Right. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. So I read that golf is 90% mental. And, it, and it's all about the mental approach to the game, right? So there's certainly a physical aspect to it. We've been talking about it the whole time here. They're going to walk 18 holes. What is that? Five, six, seven miles. You've got the ballistics of the, the actual swing of the club and being able to keep the technique correctly through all that kind of stuff. So if it is only 10% and 90% is mental, does exercise help out with the mental part of the game? Yes, it does. And mm -hmm. two reasons for that. One is I don't know, you know, we, there's no, there's no research out there that can truly support that golf is 90% mental, but it, it is, it is more than 50%. We'll put it that way. Okay. Right. Because we can get in our whole heads really quickly out in the course mm -hmm. and we can make it hundred percent mental if we need to. And it doesn't matter how, you know, fit the person is and how well the person moves, they can, they can take themselves right out of the game by just getting in their own head. Um, but with that said, the best players in the world, and you see some of the best athletes in the world, like think of like the Seth Curry, Seth Curry and Aaron Rodgers, great golfers, their golf swings are beautiful. They're also great movers. They have great movement screen history scores, um, and they can work, work really well on that. But, um, to kind of go back to that, to that, to that other question, um, and going through it, I think a strength training session and what a person has to mentally kind of go through when they know that they're tested through, you know, a couple heavy sets of certain exercises, a couple heavy rounds of, can I make 10 reps out of this weights or mm -hmm. uh, some planks or some howl holds, some core exercises that make them go for 30, 45 seconds. Like there's a mental challenge there 
that then when you come to the golf course, like you've done this stuff, you know, you're just playing golf, you're playing a game. I've done this stuff, something way harder in the gym two times earlier this week. I've been training to get through this stuff easily. Let's just make this shot and play the game. So I, I think there's a high translation of the stuff that you can get through in a gym uh, that's more difficult physically and potentially mentally to get through that'll, that'll translate easier into that golf game. I know that other aspects of life, we don't have enough time or anything to get into all of it because we know that, you know, sleep, getting proper sleep is going to help you play better golf, right? If your nutrition is correct. So, and, and there's all the other kind of stuff, but what would be the top one or two things you would tell someone about their nutrition if it was going to help them with their golf game? Can you narrow it down to one or two things? Is that possible? I would say the the number one thing for for golfers and nutrition or one or two things mm -hmm. they, they can go in any order but I see most golfers struggle with hydration and and it's it's the, it's our magic potion right without enough water you're going to be in pain your muscles won't work as well your joints aren't as lubricated your back your vertebra aren't as lubricated in between the facet joints and everything else um, it's 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 helping everything recover better in your body so without enough water like you can't expect to play it best no matter what so that's usually the easiest the biggest thing we tackle the other thing is you know with the water part usually alcohol is involved with a lot of golf so it's kind of like how much you know how much uh, weight. it's it's a, it's a big thing in there right like it's a very it's you know it's it's a especially for amateur golfers like a lot of us will you know we, we we we're not looking at it from a professional level so beer alcohol is a very high highly like associated thing with the game of golf um so it's kind of having that conversation now when it comes to just pure food if you can get a complete kind of mix of fats and carbs mixed in with your proteins like i said before the heart rate stuff for golf is like this if yeah. you look at somebody's round it's not very steady and that means that we're bouncing in and out and around you know, we're thinking about creating ballistic strength in a, in a second to make that swing happen. And some guys are swinging out 120 miles per hour, like, and, and regardless if it's that fast for the person, it's the person swinging fast for them, relatively speaking. And, and that can, that can work different energy systems. And so making sure we kind of fuel the body with, with, uh, with kind of a, a main approach of carbs and fats, like a good mix of those, and getting making sure that proteins in there along the side um, will help that body nourish. And if we walk when we're golfing, we're, if we're walking every five holes or so, I'm telling our golfers, if you walk, you should be snacking in something. And if you're riding every nine to 10, nine to 11 holes, we want to get something there. Because even riding golf, like riding golf uh, and, and riding carts in a golf, uh, you still burn a, a, a heck of a lot of calories for what you're doing. And then walking gets like four or 500 more um so that's where we kind of get that that extra meal frequency you know in but but the, the mixture of carbs and fats seems to be the best to kind of be the all-around best sources for that so fruits and nuts um you know you can do like a little high quality granola bar protein bar or something like that uh, i usually bring a little baggie of like mixed nuts and, and granola and some dried fruits something like that cliff bars are one of my one of my favorites cliff bars and i usually have some fruits in my cup and then i'll sip on a beef jerky and then i'll sip on maybe uh bcaa's or eaa's in my coffee or in my water okay. uh when i'm out there when i'm golf great great advice so let's kind of put this all together for someone who might be a beginning golfer 
weekend warrior, someone who just enjoys playing it, all the way up to the person that's really trying to get a little bit better at what they're doing. Just break down, just let's summarize for us what we're looking at in, a, in, a, in an exercise program, what they should be looking for so that they can go out there and find somebody who knows what they're doing and can put an exercise program together correctly. If they have the TPI screening, fantastic. If they don't, you know, what, what should they be looking for? Yeah, I think any good fitness coach, um, and not to toot our own horns, Chris, but like you and I using the FMS the way we do and screening everybody when they come in our doors, we're not just letting them kind of go and do their own thing. We're making sure they're doing the right thing. Any fitness coach that understands movement will be able to help a golfer. You don't need a TPI screen to do that. The TPI allows us to go very specific in relationship to a golf specific swing. And right. we, can, we have so much data now that we can see based on your movement, what type of swing characteristics or swing fault that you'll have. Mm -hmm. And some of those results in you know, compensatory patterns that result in pain or poor ball striking, lack of distance, all those other things. So uh, that's where you can kind of take it another step up, but most of the stuff can be hit with a general, you know, knowledge of movement and in, in a, in a proper selection of that. Amateur golfers, um, you know, it's, it's so hard because the fitness is such a new thing into the golf world. Tiger brought it up 20 years ago and everybody was resistant. Like it's just Tiger, it's just Tiger. Now you see like the deep, the Dustin Johnson's, the Brooke Kepska's, the Rory McIlroy's who were kids when that happened and they understood it. And now you see Bryson, who's taking it to a whole nother level, it's growing. And it's kind of like this last frontier of golf where even the golf industry doesn't really know what's gonna happen. And, and they're trying to regulate, like right now, they're trying to regulate the new clubs and the new drivers and the new golf balls to be like, hey, we need to bring this down a notch. Like we can't let pros hit this or we might restrict this in amateur golfers at certain sanctions levels too. They can't do that for the human body. So we have even yeah. more, uh, 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 more advances on that end, right? But when we look at it from, from a golfer standpoint, to be super specific with them and what we're able to do, I asked the golfer what would be a sign of success from a fit standpoint for them. And a lot of them that are amateurs will just say, I just want to play and not get hurt. And I want to be able to play when I want to play. So basically, if we can get them to play more rounds without pain, we win. If somebody then is a little bit amateur, but then competing in tournaments, um, if we can get them to play higher, uh, win some money back, win some cash, recognition, all that other stuff. And then obviously from a pro level, you know, and above, then we're looking at very specific things on that end. But, um, you know, we kind of ask what they want out of it. So amateurs is more so like resiliency and pain-free. Um, and can they get, you know, can they enjoy the game that they love even more? And then there's kind of another level amateur that's 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 more of a competitor. Um, mm -hmm. Can we get them to uh, can we get them to to be where they want to be from a standpoint? And at yeah. the end of the day, like everybody wants to hit longer, but they also just want to be able to play more without pain. Right. Excellent. Awesome. Um, I think that's about as much time as we have for today. I really taking you to appreciate you taking time from your day talking to us about us. It's very interesting. Um, you know, I don't play golf that's why we haven't golfed at our one of our <laughs> masterminds yet i think <laughs> although maybe we should get a little golf out here. Golf out can can, can yeah. we just rent we some clubs out there and play a little golf hmm? absolutely
Yeah. I'm pretty sure most we guys have a, have there's have alcohol involved. Yeah, I would say I have a membership thing that'll get us onto some courses out there. Um, and if we tell any of them that there's alcohol, they'll, they're, they're in no matter what. So. I, I know Alec will be there. I don't know if he golfs, but yeah, he'll, for he'll sure. be there. <laughs> he, he'll golf that day. <laughs> anyway, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us about it. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, it's interesting, you know, from all different aspects of, you know, just by doing some general stuff, you're going to be get you're going to get better. And that there is some screening process that's involved in this, and that you can really take it to the next level. You can really have some more specific things that are going to bring your, your golf game to the point where you want it to be, whatever that level is, right. Wherever you want to be in, in your program there. So, um, you know, we'll, maybe we'll have you back on again. I might get some questions. So if we have, to, if anybody does have yeah. questions, certainly, you know, leave them in the comments, get a hold of me. You know, if I don't know the answer, I'll get a hold of Jordan anytime. And he can give me any answers that I need for sure. And, um, if I can narrow it down, I'm sorry to cut you off, it, it would be like more water, uh, work on your mobility in, in your mm -hmm. single arm, single legs, mm -hmm. and, and, and in your core. Like those would be the things that like you don't need to do power specific stuff or go heavy. Those are the things in balance. Sorry, but balance would be the other thing that I want to sneak in there too because the, the, the people that were in the work shape on the golf side of things that we see don't have great rotational ability and they don't have great balance. They don't need wow. power stuff. They need mm -hmm. better balance and better control of their body. It's, it's difficult to um, transfer power if you don't have balance, right? I mean, if you don't have balance, you're not gonna be able to do anything, just forget it, right? How can people get a hold of you if they have some questions? Perfect. Yeah. So um, if, if, if you want to ask us any questions, Facebook at Unity Fitness uh, across my, my Instagram is at Jordan 22 R. That's my personal one. And that's, you'll see a bunch of golf stuff on there. So that's probably a nice way to message me. Um, you can also email us at, at Unity Fitness across at gmail.com. Move better, swing better is, is, is what we're trying to do with the program stuff. So there's a bunch of stuff out there, there uh, out there for that too. But um, kind of multiple ways, whichever works easiest for you, works easiest for us. You know, I, I follow your stuff. I'm not a big Instagram person, but I do see Instagram stuff and I see on Facebook. You, you put out tremendous information. It's great stuff. So if anybody's really interested in knowing more about the game and how to get better at the game without, you know, the expertise of a golf pro by your side, you got a golf pro right here uh, on Instagram and Facebook. He's got a tremendous amount of information. So some of it I don't even understand because I don't play golf, but that's, that's the way it is. It's okay. I know it's good stuff. I know it's good stuff. So um, appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome anytime. So, and if somebody doesn't get something down, let me know. I can get you, I can get you the information, get a hold of Jordan. So uh, thanks for everybody watching. I appreciate taking the time from your day to listen to us, to listen to what you have to say. I hope that gives you a better idea of what you can do to improve your golf game. And um, as always, you can look for more information from us uh, next Tuesday on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. And uh, thanks for watching. Have a great night. Mm.